0: Welcome to the global recon podcast i'm your host john Hendricks, and this is the 27th episode of the global recon podcast on this episode i interviewed derek plyman and derek is a army veteran turned security contractor who also works with the warfighter foundation and the warfighter foundation provides services for combat veterans um, before we get into that interview um, I just want to announce that Tulan from Ronin Tactics is coming to New York City uh, sometime in August, and we're going to host a ringed blade uh, seminar. So it'll be a three hour course of two teaching and demonstrating um, how to handle a ringed blade. Now, the exact dates, are st- still haven't locked them in. It'll most likely be in the first or second week of August. Uh, so far, we have two locations, um, and I'll give out further details on the gyms that are we're going to host at. But one location is in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and the other location is in Edgewater, New Jersey. So we're going to lock down the dates officially with, within the coming days. If there are any gym owners out there who are interested in hosting a class or anyone who's interested in taking the class, then you can send an email to john at globalrecon.net and just put a Ronin in the subject line. Now, let's get into the interview with Derek from the Warfighter Foundation. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm on with Derek Plyman. Uh, Derek works with the Warfighter Foundation and he is the host of the Warfighter Foundation Radio, it's a podcast. Uh, It's up on iTunes, and we will uh, give you more information on that towards the end of the episode. So Derek served in the Army for six years as a forward observer, and he recently returned back to the States from Afghanistan as a security contractor. So Derek, uh, I just want to thank you for taking out the time to come on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's it's nice being on the, the other end of podcasting, so I'm usually on your side. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: all right. So Derek, uh, let's talk a little bit about your career in the army. Um, I know you served for six years as a forward observer. Uh, can you kind of give the audience a timeline of when you joined the army to when you got out?
1: Yeah, actually I, I joined in 2010, um, January, 2010. And then I actually just recently got out January of this year. So my last year in the military, though, I got a waiver to start doing contracting. So this past year is, is when I got into contracting. So I did one deployment with the army uh, up to Mazar Sharif. And then with the security contracting, I was in Kabul for a year.
0: And you just got back from your security contract?
1: yeah I just got back uh end of february early march uh came home for a birth of my first child, so I didn't want to miss that. My wife would have killed me
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, congratulations man by the way oh
1: thank you it's uh, it's been it's been fun,
0: yeah I know that stuff is not easy man <laughs> um, yeah so can you explain to the audience a little bit about what a ford observer's job is in the army
1: yeah ford observer um their their main job is to call on accurate targets from mortar and artillery. Um, I've I've gone to a school for joint fire observer, so I can also call in close air support, naval gunfire, you know, fixed wing, rotary wing. Um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. Uh, but it's mostly, like I said, calling in airstrikes. We're right there with the with the uh, infantry, so. You know, we're we're not an actual grunt, but we're we're a close second.
0: Right. Okay. So, and now your your time as a security contractor, your deployment lasted for one year. Um, now I know Afghanistan is kind of a strange place uh, during this current time. Um, what what was it like being there, and and how was your experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in Kabul right now, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Um, you know, with with a lot of the drawback of the troops, the Taliban, they're they're starting to push their way back into the city. So, as a security contractor, contractor, sorry, I did uh, mobile security, so we were we were on the roads every day, and it's not like all the other Afghanistan. I mean, there's really no firefights, getting shot at in in Kabul. It's mainly just feed bits. So, I think when for the year that I was there, there was probably 16 15 16 uh vehicle borne ieds so it's it, it's it's a hard thing to kind of counteract there's really no way to fight it so you just kind of hope it hope it's not your time to go i guess
0: right and can you explain what a vbed is for the listeners who might not know
1: yeah vbed is a vehicle borne ied um so a car bomb i guess is the easiest way to put it
0: now, when you guys are encountering these threats, is it like a moving car or is it like a car that's like on the side of the road? Like, how does that work?
1: It could be both. Um like I said, to to get the, the best effect, it's usually driving just so they don't miss their target. Um, so, which means that, you know, you have your suicide bomber. He's actually driving. He's the trigger. Um, but, I mean, they can be just parked vehicles on the side of the road. Um All the ones that we kind of encountered were were all moving, so.
0: Right. So, you guys are dealing, in in Kabul, you guys were dealing mainly with the Taliban, right?
1: Yeah. Taliban, a little bit of Haqqani Network, Um, they were there. But everyone asked me, you know, if ISIS is there. And I I think they're there. They're down south, more in the Helmand area, Kandahar. But it's usually just Taliban who, who changed their flag, so. They're, they're still the same fighters, same equipment. Nothing's really changed. They just changed their name.
0: Right. And I know that's that's something that's kind of common in, um, in the Middle East and then more up north in Afghanistan, like where tribes or groups will kind of change their colors mm-hmm. uh, based on the, the events that are taking place at the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is they just want more money. You know, they think if they they fall under the ISIS tag that they're going to start receiving money and compensation for that. But I don't think it, it actually happens.
0: Right, right. Okay, so we've had segments on the show for the last, I don't know, month and a half or so where our guests would kind of share a war story or a deployment story Um and just share their experience with the audience and kind of give people like a, a real look at what it's like to deploy? Uh, can you share a story like that with the audience?
1: Yeah, um, back in back in January, um, January fourth, to be exact, there was a a pretty large V bid that went off um, in Kabul. They said it was about a two thousand pound, two two to four thousand pound V bid. Um, wow. Basically, it was in between our base and another base um, where a lot of other contractors live, and it, uh, it it it's crazy to think. Though we were just sitting eating chow, it was around eighteen hundred, and uh, sitting eating chow. And next thing you know, I'm I'm getting thrown about ten feet, um, shrapnel to the back of my neck, and it it's crazy to think that just in the split second that your world just changed. You don't know if you're dead or alive or, or what's going on. But yeah, after the VBIT happened, we, we all just scattered and got all our, our weapons because unfortunately, being a security contractor, you don't get the the same, I guess, enjoyments as the military. So we weren't weren't actually allowed to carry our weapon on the base that we were at. So we actually had to run to a connex to get all of our weapons and, and get ready for a fight. Because usually when they waste a... Uh, I guess when they use a v bid of that size, there's usually a follow on attack uh we saw that with integrity back in August when uh Sergeant McKenna was killed uh the s f sergeant there's a a pretty big attack when that happened so we were we were prepared for an attack and it never happened and what they were thinking was the uh the attackers they were too close to the v bid when it went off, and they were actually killed by the the v bid so oh, wow, yeah it, it was pretty it would have been pretty uh intense if there would have been a follow-on attack with that just because i mean it it took down a 14-foot wall i mean it knocked all the all the doors off hinges it, it pretty much busted every single glass window on our compound so it was it's one of those things where it, it changes your whole perspective and you know being in a firefight is a lot different than getting blown up just because in a firefight you have control. You can shoot back. But with V-Bids, there's nothing you can do about it. You have no control over that situation. So you just kind of got to hope it's not your day and, and continue to fight on.
0: Right. So so you were in close proximity to uh, Integrity when, when that attack happened and where, um, uh, Andrew McKenna was killed?
1: Yeah, we were uh our base was actually right beside the base, uh, Camp Integrity where where Sergeant McKenna was at. Um that night was it was around ten o'clock at night. We were just watching T V and and the explosion happened. Uh it was a, a bid that started it off. They ran right into the gate and they actually uh busted through the gate. So after that they had actual suicide bombers run in and it's it's one of those things. It's, it sucks being a security contractor sometimes because our our main job is to make sure our clients are safe. So when we, when that happened, we were standing on Hesco's watching the entire thing happen, and we we really couldn't do anything about it. Unfortunately, we we wanted to actually take vehicles down and and help them out, but we had no comms with them. Um, you know, the, our our boss wouldn't let us go. But I mean, it was a it was about a three hour firefight. And it it was pretty pretty intense to to listen to. So we wanted to help. We were waiting for us to get attacked at the same time, though we were we were expecting it, but it never came. Um, it, that was a like I said pretty rough night. Pretty much up all night with uh, medevacs coming in all the time. But unfortunately, you know, a great was killed, and he will always be remembered.
0: Yeah, actually, I remember. Um When that happened, uh, you know I I know the uh, the family received a tremendous amount of uh, support, and I think that's one of the um, one of the great things about social media and um, you know the the fluidity of the internet Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays. You know, like people can rally around a cause and and, uh, support you know whether it's financial or just um, you know showing their support and standing with people. You know, it's just I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Hey, Derek. So now let's get into uh, the Warfighter Foundation. Um, so can okay. you explain a little bit about what the mission is with the foundation and um, your involvement with it?
1: Yeah. So uh, what the Warfighter Foundation is, we're a complete nonprofit organization. Um, everyone who, I guess you would say, works for the foundation, we're, we're all voluntary. Uh, we don't have any compensation pay or anything like that, but... We are a a foundation for combat vets. Um, Combat vets meaning someone who has a combat action ribbon, combat action badge, combat infantry badge. Um, There there are a ton of great foundations who deal with all types of veterans, you know, everybody. But we're really the only foundation who deals only with combat vets. Combat vets account for only 10% of the military community. So it's a very... A very small group of people and you know we we think that we've sacrificed the most out of out of the people in the military we have fought we've bled we've cried you know so we're we kind of just only deal with with combat vets um the mission i mean he said if you don't know the warfighter foundation before uh we're on facebook our our Facebook page, unfortunately, was kicked off of Facebook about two, three, four months ago, something like that. Um, basically, what happened was posted a picture and some crazy Facebook page decided to report it for hate speech, um, which it was a picture of ISIS or something. Anyways, we're back up and running, though. So it's it's been a tough go around since we got back up. I mean, we had... Thirty-five thousand followers on on Facebook, and now you know. Once we started back up, we're, we're slowly climbing back up there. Um, but it's 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 definitely growing. We've we've done a lot of cool stuff in the past, and we're we're wanting to get back to where we were at.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually interesting. Um, before I was podcasting, I was I was focusing mainly on articles written by myself and uh, former special Apps guys. So I would share the articles on Facebook and, you know, spread it around and um mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I might have messaged you guys on Facebook and um, you know, one thing led to another and I became an admin on the Facebook page. So, <laughs> yeah. um you know, so I was sharing like a lot of the Global Recon content was being shared on the Warfighter Foundation Facebook and then I remember when it got deleted, um I went to go share an article and I'm like, "Well, this is strange. Like I can't, you know, I can't find it." And then um yeah, I spoke to one of the guys and, you know, it turns out I got deleted. So uh th- and that is one of the um kind of the sucky things about some of the social media platforms is um even if you're not doing anything wrong, um people can report you and get your page taken down, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like, I, I don't, th- I'm not sure how it works, but I don't think they actually look at the situation and look at the post and see what's going on. I think if, you know, if you get a certain number of reports or whatever, they'll just take it down, um, which is unfortunate, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we tried to appeal it and everything, but, you know, it's, they they see one thing and, and it's it, it's done from there, so... We tried to do everything that we could to keep it, just because. I mean, when when you get to a following of where we were at, it's hard to get back to that same, you know, status. So we're slowly getting there. Like I said, we're we're reaching out to people like you know Global Recon. That's why we're trying to do a lot of, you know, marketing. I guess you would say to to get back to where we're at. So you know, like I said, with the podcast, we're starting up with the podcast. Um, it it's getting better. It's growing. So. We're just trying to to get the same following as before, though.
0: Right. So you guys provide services for combat veterans. Is that like the main uh, aspect of, of Warfighter Foundation?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple different programs. Um, we do one program called Combat to Contracts, where it helps um, combat vets get jobs um, doing contract work. Uh, you know, unfortunately, as— being infantry, being a grunt. I mean, there's it's hard to get a job when you get out. So there's there's not too many people who want to hire a, a a grunt, you know, just because they were infantry. So, unfortunately, contracting is one of the the easy ones to get into just cuz, you know, that's usually who they want. So, we do a program called contract, sorry, combat to contracts just to help them get on their feet, you know, once they get out. So, that's one thing that we've done. We've done a lot of, uh, you know, Memorial Day rucks, hundred mile rucks, so a lot of good stuff though that we've done. Um, we're we're trying to get back there though, to where we were at.
0: Nice. So, do you guys have any any events planned or anything uh, coming up in the next couple of months?
1: Um, we've got a couple things in the works. Um, we're we're trying to do a. Like I said, this is – I guess I'm the first person to say it in the Warfighter Foundation. But we're trying to do a, a raffle, a gun raffle here soon um, just to get our name out there. Um, sometimes getting your name out there involves giving away free stuff. But uh, like I said, it, it it's all in good fun. Um, programs, uh, stuff like that, we really haven't talked about it yet. But we, we've got a lot of good things in the work. Like I said, the gun raffle, we're trying to get our own coffee. kind of like some other foundations and companies are doing. So we'll see, though. I I would definitely tell you to uh, continue following us because there's going to be a lot of good things here soon.
0: Nice. Okay, so what is the name of the podcast
1: and uh, how can people access it? So the name of the podcast is Warfighter Foundation Radio. Um, It's usually just me and a couple other guys from Warfighter Foundation, we just get on there and just talk about the uh, the events in the military community. Um, right now, it seems like there's a ton of events going on that are yeah. great topics in podcasting <laughs> it's It's crazy to think though, but uh, we are on iTunes, uh, so if you go to iTunes, just search Warfighter Foundation radio, we pop up, and then we're also on SoundCloud. so if you download the SoundCloud app, uh, search Warfighter Foundation Radio. Will, will be the only one that pops up.
0: Nice. Okay, so can you also drop uh, social media handles, websites for anyone who's interested?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so our, our Facebook page, uh, Warfighter Foundation, we've got a, a pretty good logo. It's a skull with a trident and some wings. You won't miss it. Um, our Instagram account is Warfighter Foundation Actual. Same thing with the logo. And then, our website is warfighterfoundation.org go there uh, there's got all our programs and breakdown of everything that we do and and who we help and all of the uh, admins so check us out give us a like on Facebook uh, we would definitely appreciate it share it as well so
0: okay and for um, any combat veterans who would like to reach out to you
1: guys uh, they can do that through the website right yeah they can do it through the website uh, they can st- actually set up an account um, with us and we'll send them different types of stuff throughout the year. Um, a lot of it's, you know, discounts at places. We, we have a lot of foundation, you know, if you're part of the foundation and you can get discounts at certain eateries and stuff like that. But if you really want to get a hold of us, Facebook message is probably the quickest. You know, there's always somebody on our admin page that Is monitoring our Facebook so that's usually the the easiest way to get a hold of us
0: great great okay so um, I I put up podcast notes at the um, on my website which is where I host the links for the SoundCloud and the um, iTunes I I host mine on SoundCloud as well so I'll I'll also I'll throw the links um, for your podcast and your website on the podcast notes on my website sweet. Awesome. So, uh, Derek, it was great having you on, man. I just want to thank you for taking the time out to come on and uh, so I just want to thank you for your service as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. Any anytime, um, you know, anytime you want to be on our podcast, just let us know. I'm sure we can get something set up.
0: Yeah, sure. Definitely, brother.
1: All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. Peace.
0: So that was it for the interview with Derek from the Warfighter Foundation. Um, I may have a few of the other guys on the podcast for future episodes. Um, So recently the secretary of the VA, Bob McDonald, made some comments comparing uh, the VA wait times to Disneyland wait times. And uh, obviously the comments are inappropriate, I think, and they just kind of reflect how out of touch some of the VA execs are with um, issues that are facing veterans and and things like that. So uh, on the next episode, I'll probably get some feedback from some combat veterans on what they think about his comments in the VA. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, My website is globalrecon.net. My Facebook is FBRecon.net. My Instagram account is IG Recon. I have a secondary Instagram account, and that's Global Recon underscore Inc. And my Twitter is IG Recon. We are now on LinkedIn. If you want to connect to us on a professional network, just search Global Recon on LinkedIn. Uh, any questions you have or any tips, any advice, uh, you can send an email to at podcast.globalrecon.net. Um, we have... Uh, a few good episodes lined up um we'll have some interesting guests on and we'll see you guys in a couple of days with another episode peace